Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and you have joined the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast. There are women, young and old, and especially those mama bears that have had enough because the attack on our kids has gone way too far, and women are beginning to speak up. There's a groundswell, a grassroots movement, Mm -hmm. uprising all over the earth and the United States called Don't Mess With Our Kids. And we want you to be a part of it because your voice matters. So here's a couple ways that you can be involved. The first way is to simply share this episode. And when you hear what we're talking about today, believe me, you're going to have a lot of people to share it with. The other way for you to be involved, which is so vitally important, is to mark out April 13th, 2024, where we're going to invite you to stand in your state capitol. We want you to pray with us. We want you to even fast a couple days leading up to this day, but every single state, all 50 states, we're going to pray and we're going to see America change because you probably already know this, America needs massive transformation right now. And then one of the most exciting things that's going to happen, and we have a date that we will establish very, very soon, but not long from now, we are calling 1 million women and their families to pray fast and stand with us in our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., because we are women, we are families who do not want to leave this nation to chance, and we know that America is hanging in the balance. And today's guest, she has, her and her husband, a massive assignment from another nation to come and see America be recovered and restored. And we are so thankful for Christy Johnston. We love Nate and Christy so much. So let me read a little bit of her bio and then we'll bring her on here. So Christy Johnston, she is an intercessor. She's a teacher and a major prophetic voice and a justice carrier. I love that. I do too. And it's totally accurate. Christy's burning heart for justice and intercession has led her on a life journey of prayer contending for major world issues. So, you know, that tells you something when somebody shows up in America and says, well, I'm from Australia, but there's a major world issue going on. And that is America. Come on, come on, let's go. Together with her husband, Nate, and their three daughters, Charlotte, Sophie, and Ava, they moved from Australia to the USA to stand and contend for America. She is passionate to raise and empower God's sons and daughters to release the kingdom of God across the earth. I am so excited about this conversation today. You guys are in for a super huge, massive, I don't want to say treat because it's so much bigger than that, but this is going to be a treasure of a conversation. It's also going to be very awakening and potentially alarming as the body of Christ has been maybe a little bit sleepy. We are coming fully awake. And I believe that Christie's voice is one of those voices to bring America and the body of Christ to full alertness. Okay, let's bring on Christy. I am so excited that you're here today, Christy. Thank you for being with us. Shauna and I love you. You know, I was thinking this morning, I was like, I have been following Nate and Christy for a long time. We always used to send each other all your posts and be like, are these people standing in our bushes, just observing our life and writing about it? Is that what's happening? And so we already felt so connected to you guys just through social media. And to even know you as a personal friend at this point is like incredible. And so I'm so happy that everybody listening to this podcast, if they didn't know you before, 
they know you now. And today is going to be very pivotal for them. So I want to say this right off the bat. Um, don't mess with our kids is nothing new to you. Mm-mm. You and I and other people have been talking about don't mess with our kids. And you have been at the center of the rumble that is uprising on the earth. And you are one of those voices that have been rumbling and making the devil so freaked out. I mean, I know you freak out the devil. You and Nate just, he doesn't even know what to do. He can't even, (laughs) he can't even get a grasp. I'm telling you, um, the warfare on you guys' life obviously has been major, but the warrior inside of you, the God inside of you has just been resisting the devil. And it's been so cool. I've learned so much from you. So let's start here. Um, I want to know where along the way or what was it that God said to you and Nate, you need, you guys need to go to America. You need to help this country because you could have gone anywhere. Really? There's a, you know, there's trouble happening all over the place, (laughs) but why America? What did you sense prophetically? What did your heart grab a hold of that would send you to this nation? It's funny, Jenny, because I look back over my life and all the way back to my childhood and Nate's as well. God was stirring our hearts for America, even as children. I had like this love for America. Even I think I was like 14 years old and I did up this vision board of I wanted to visit America. And I had all the places I wanted to visit. As a 14-year-old, I put Washington, D.C. I mean, that's just so out of the picture for an Australian kid, you know, like Washington, D.C., I was so just drawn to America. But the thing that really brought us here was Roe v. Wade because I was contending for abortion back in Australia or not for abortion, against abortion yes. back in Australia. And it, was, it all started with my niece. My sister almost aborted my niece, came to the point where she literally went to the abortion clinic and I was praying and contending for my niece who is now 12 years old. Um, and my sister turned away from that abortion clinic at the very last minute because of a note that I had written her. And I wrote out all the reasons of why Natalie should live. And she read the note as she was walking into an abortion clinic and turned out. Um, and that was literally the reason it was Natalie's life that caused me to start contending against abortion in Australia. And as I started doing that, I started noticing, Jenny, that no one, number one, no one was fighting in Australia. And number two, we were just seeing these horrific abortion laws just go through one after the other. And it was in 2017, I believe, that I was on my on my face in front of our parliament in Australia, in Queensland, Australia, and they were bringing in late-term abortion and infanticide up to three days after birth. And I was just crying and I was weeping because I was like, God, no one's fighting with us. There was like 10 of us fighting. And no one was fighting with us. And literally, we were standing at the front when we heard that it had passed. And as I was standing at the front, looking up at our parliament building, the Lord spoke to me clearly and said, Christy, set your eyes on Roe v. Wade. You need to take down the Goliath head. Once the Goliath head comes down, you'll start to see things kind of catapult in Australia. And that's literally what I'm seeing right now. They literally just had a um, heartbeat bill go through in one of the states in Australia. So we're beginning to see the very thing that I saw the Lord show me, but we came over here because of Roe v. Wade. I was like, nothing's going to change in my nation if I don't set my sights on the head of Goliath and I have to see that come down. So we came over here for that. And what's amazing is, is now that we're here and seeing that taking place, I'm seeing the things that are happening here in America take place in Australia. So we're here and, you know, we're just literally watching almost like a boomerang. Have you seen a boomerang? Yeah. I just felt like the Lord say, I'm sending you as a boomerang to America and what you do in America is going to take place in Australia too. So that's why we're here. 
That is incredible. I'm just sitting here thinking we'll have goosebumps, first of all. But I'm thinking about the amount of assurance you must have developed in your relationship with God, hearing his voice to say, okay, I'm just one woman, but apparently God has a big job for me to do, and I'm just going to go do it. I want people right now listening to grab a hold of this type of faith, because I think a lot of women, a lot of men, the majority of men and women are kind of thinking, what can I do? I'm just one person. Well, you know what, Christy, you're just one person too. But apparently you knew that you could do something with God. And I know that you're a massive prayer warrior and you knew the power of prayer. That's what I feel like. I feel like you didn't go in your own strength and say, okay, I'm going to go do something great in the natural. But somehow you knew that prayer changes things. Can you comment about that just for a minute about the power of prayer? And then we're going to get into some prophetic dreams. I have just, my whole life has been a prayer journey of understanding what prayer is and what faith is and stepping into that. And I'm just, I'm just this little girl from the Gold Coast, Australia, who, you know, without partnering with God, I'm just a nobody, literally. I, and I still am. I don't see myself as a somebody. I see myself as I'm a daughter of the Most High God, and that's it. But partnered with Jesus and his strength and his power, it literally, I'm able to see these things shift. And I've seen over and over again, the power of just little prayers. And I'll tell you this, Jenny, because this is really pivotal to this message of don't mess with our kids and for the mamas. God really began showing me that when I was a new mom, um, I had my daughter, Charlotte, and he just began showing me the strength of my prayers. And I remember sitting there one day going, God, how am I meant to do anything and affect the world around me. And suddenly this television, um, my the, sorry, I was watching a movie and I had a newborn, Charlotte. She's literally sitting on my chest breastfeeding. And you know when you're a new, a new mom and you're kind of having all these feelings changing and shifting? And I remember just asking the Lord, show me how I can enter into this season as a mom but still change, make change outside of me. And I remember this um, this news report coming up and it was about this little boy that had been lost He'd been kidnapped in our nation. His name was Daniel Morcombe. And it was like a 10-year saga. No one had found anything. There was no shift into his narrative. They could not find one single clue as to where he'd gone. And they had this news report come up and they were like, it's been 10 years. Nothing's changed. Nothing shifted. And this all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came over me. And this is really where my prayer journey began. He came over me and he said, begin to pray into the solution. Pray and call him home whether he's alive or dead. And in my spirit, it's like I knew he'd passed away, but I was like, God, bring solution, bring answers to his family. The next day, Jenny, the next day, they have this news report come up. They're like, we have found a solution. We have found the first clue in 10 years. And it happened at the moment I prayed that afternoon. It was like the Lord showing me just a little mom sitting on the couch with her baby. I was able to pray and bring solution. They found him a week later. They'd found his body. He'd been kidnapped and killed, sadly, but it brought answers and resolve to his family. They were able to bury their son. And it had taken like literally 10 years. And in one moment, I saw God release an answer for that family just through my prayers sitting on the couch. I know other people prayed as well, but it was like the Lord showing me personally, see what your prayers do. You may think that you're a little nobody sitting on the couch or you're a stay-at-home mom. And it was like 
God began showing me, Christy, you can have a baby in one arm and a sword in the other. Begin slaying that sword. Even as you're cooking dinner at night, begin slaying that sword. Like I'm praying over my nations. I'm praying over my city. I'm praying over my family. You know, and I just, God really began that journey for me then as a new mom. And that's where it started. So powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, Christy, so a lot of our audience, some of our audience maybe has heard some of these dreams that you've had in the more recent year or two years or even more recent than that, but some of them have not. And we want to make sure everybody hears these dreams. And so would you just go into those dreams that have really awakened us to what is happening? It's a, it's, they've been such a prophetic call a 911 sort of yeah. like you've talked about a wake up call yeah. that I think is so important that, that you share. So in February of this year, 2023, I had a dream where I saw the year 2025 and almost like a movie banner. I saw 2025 and above 2025, I saw in big bold letters, the word contagion. And immediately that brings me back to 2020 and everything we went through in 2020. So it like, Oh, I don't want to go through that again. And I don't think anybody else wants to. But in the dream, the, it shifted from 2025 to the next scene where I saw a family home, a neighborhood home, like family neighborhood, sorry. And I saw government officials dressed in kind of armor. If you've seen the movie Hunger Games, they looked identical to that. They had this kind of white, eerie looking armor on. And they were barging into homes, not knocking on doors. They were literally going into homes seizing children they were seizing toddlers children and they were coming in with this repetitive saying almost like robotic this is for your safety this is for your safety this is for your safety and they began grabbing the children by the legs and dragging them out of the homes and in that scene i saw the child being a child being dragged over the threshold of the home by their feet a child as young as my daughter ava two years old being dragged by the feet and the parents trying to grab them by the hands and pull them back and screaming. It was horrific, like horrific scene. It looked like something out of a movie, not in real life. The dream then shifted from that scene, that horrific scene to the next scene where I saw God's answer and solution for us. And I saw parents walking out over the threshold of their homes. And I think that's significant, by the way, the threshold of our homes, it's like the blood of the lamb. And they walked out over the threshold of their homes, went to the borderlines of their homes, and they stood at the borderlines, fell to their knees, spread their arms wide, and began crying out, God, deliver us. God, deliver us. Jesus, we plead your blood. We plead your blood over our families and our children. God, deliver us. And it was like this gut-wrenching, guttural cry, like, God, deliver us. In that place, I saw Mm. suddenly this uh, protection, like an invisible force shield, like a dome covering each and every home of the families that were praying. And I believe that is a prophetic picture of what the enemy is planning right now, but also what God is planning. Hey, you don't need to fear because I have answers, and that's through prayer, through prayer and intercession, pleading the blood of the Lamb. You know, what's interesting is David, when he met Goliath on the battlefield, the place that he met him was called Ephestimim, and it means boundary of blood. And I believe God is calling on his people right now, just like I saw the families, the parents going to the boundaries of their homes for us to apply the boundary of the blood of the lamb over our children, over our families. And we will see God's protection in that place. What's interesting is I'll tell you this one last thing is when I shared this online in February, I had someone reach out to me and they said, are you aware that the World Economic Forum 
World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have actually produced a simulation last year in September or October, I believe, and they called this simulation. So they were producing a simulation for a coming pandemic and they called it catastrophic contagion. Now, when I looked this up, they actually have a website for this catastrophic contagion and they are marking the year 2025 for this catastrophic contagion, and they have literally listed and said that this coming pandemic would be far worse than the first one and it would um, disproportionately affect children, which is exactly what I saw in my dream. So I feel like the Lord is revealing the plans of Haman right now and kind of like I said in our Monday lives, I've been sharing this every single week in our Monday lives, and I've said again and again, this is almost like a call for the watchman on the wall. In scripture, God tells the watchman, hey, you're to look ahead. They, they actually stood up on a watchtower. The watchman stood up on a watchtower and they were given uh, instructions to sound the alarm when an enemy was coming. And that's what intercession and watchman on the wall is. It's sounding the alarm. Hey, we can see the plans of the enemy. We're sounding the alarm. We're calling the church to pray. And I believe we will see the end of these plans, the annihilation of these plans as we pray. My friend from China, she said that during COVID, when she heard your dream, mm. she said that's what happened during COVID. They took children from homes. Some of those families got their kids back. Wow, some. Not every family. And if the enemy has his way and we abdicate our opportunity, our right, our authority to completely take this down in prayer. Mm -hmm. If we don't do that as a church, I have no doubt in my mind, Christy, that that would be the fate of a prayerless church. Absolutely. I believe that. And here's what's awesome. When you told me this dream, mm -hmm. I had prayed 48 hours earlier, God, I feel like it would help for us to see what it looks like for women not to gather, mm -hmm. for families not to gather at the Capitol? Like, what does it look like for us just to say, yeah, somebody else go do that? Yeah, yeah not me. I'm, I'm too busy. I have my businesses. I have my church. I have all these responsibilities. But I'm really glad other people are doing it. And if everybody's saying that, that means very few people are doing it. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, I feel like we need a vision to what it looks like if we don't go do this. Yep. Because I'll just lay it straight to everybody listening. Nobody at Don't Mess With Our Kids has an employed job. This isn't a career move. No. This is literally because we know this is the last stand for America and we are hanging in the balance. Right. So this isn't like we're trying to grow a ministry. We're trying to grow an empire. And there's nothing wrong with people growing ministries and businesses. This is not one of those things. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, what's it going to take? And for what's it going to take for the church to rise up, to come together? And he said, when they take your kids. And mm -hmm. I've said this in a prior episode. And so this became really real to me when you shared this, because I had just asked God, what, what does it look like if we don't do this? Mm -hmm. And I think that would help. And then he said, yes, because um, people without vision perish. Wow. Now, I've always thought of vision as like the pot, like God's vision. Like yeah. we need God's vision in order to not perish. And he said, no, you just need to know what's up ahead. And this is what you and Nate do is you are watchmen on the wall mm -hmm. and you are looking in 2000 to, into 2025 right. and you're saying, Hey, let me share a vision with you 
that the enemy's planning and scheming so that we can now come with our battle plan, which is to pray, mm-hmm. to pray. And this is why it doesn't scare you, Christy, because you've seen God answer a mother's prayer just with your baby in your arms, praying audacious, big, giant prayers. And so this doesn't scare you, but you are awakening people to say it's time to pray. Mm-hmm. And you guys have prayer hives. In fact, if people want to go to your website, I want to make sure that we tell people where they can go. And we're going to talk about more dreams. So it's just going to get better and better as we keep talking here. But <laughs> nateandchristy.co, that is right there on the screen. And I want you to go there. You can see about their prayer hives. And we're actually connected with them in the same app. So we are partnered up like hives, right? She's taught about how hives actually have to have other hives to survive. So we have the prayer hub network. We have the hive network and we're all connected. It's so beautiful, creating a big net. And you also have your school. And so people can go in there and they can look at prayer hives. They can find your school remnant and just go to that right there. That's perfect. Okay, let's go on to... The second dream, I'm thinking of a third one, if we can get to it with the time we have. The second dream is so many dreams, but they're so good because it's the watchman on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, Share the cow dream with us. Absolutely. So this was in 2019, um, September of 2019, actually. So right as COVID-19 had kind of started coming into the world news, but you guys probably remember, we all heard it in China and it's like, wow, that looks really bad. But we didn't, you know, me personally, I was like, nothing's going to happen. We're going to be fine. That's just China. We don't need to worry about it. Um, But I hadn't, it wasn't even on my radar at all. So when I have this dream, it shocked me. Again, like the one with the, uh, sorry, the contagion 2025. But this was all about, I wake up in the dream and I'm literally a cow literally a cow. I felt what it was like to be a cow. I mooed like a cow. I yelled out help and a moo came out of me, looked down and I had hooves. Um, But I began to, as soon as I woke up in the dream and recognized I'm a cow, I'm like, okay, where am I? And I look around and I see there's a cow directly in front of me. There's cows to my left and to my right. And we're in corrals. I'm in a corral and I kind of look past the cow in front of me. And I recognize that there's about 10 cows in front of me. I look all around me and I'm in kind of like an arena with millions of corrals, like millions upon millions of cows and we're all going somewhere. So I begin looking down, okay, where are we going? And I look down the 10 cows at the end of me and at the end of the line, um, we're being slaughtered. And I begin panicking, extreme panic comes over me. I begin stomping my hooves, <laughs> yelling out help. And this big moo comes out of me. So funny. Every single time I share about this, I just think of the humor of God to capture my attention for this. But I begin like mooing and I'm like, I have to get out of here. And I look around and I'm like, why, uh, why is no one else? Why are none of these other cows panicked? I noticed they're chewing the cud, Jenny. It was like they were mindlessly just completely unaware of where they were being led, even up to the moment of slaughter. The cow I saw at the end of my line that was getting slaughtered was like just a zombie off in nowhere land to the moment of death. And so I began freaking out. I'm like, I have to get out of here. 
So I realized the only way I can get out is I have to jump onto the cow in front of me, jump onto that cow and kind of get out of here that way. So I do. I jump up onto the cow in front of me and I'm mooing like crazy, by the way, moo, like just going crazy. And I'm jumping on the cow next to me. As I begin doing that, I notice the cows around me begin looking up, kind of snapping out of that zombie mode. And they look up at me like, what's she doing? And then um, as I'm going, I begin to create more and more cows begin waking up. And then they begin looking down the line and recognizing, oh my gosh, we're about to be slaughtered. And they begin mooing like crazy. I created a stampede in the dream. All these cows begin going crazy, stomping their hooves, doing exactly what I was doing, stomping their hooves, jumping onto the cows in front of them. And it's like dust is flying everywhere in this arena. I couldn't even see where I was going anymore. All I knew is I'm going that direction away from the slaughter. And I wake up from the dream. So obviously everything with 2020 begins taking place in January, February, especially in Australia, it begins kind of getting going crazy in Australia. And this dream is constantly on my mind. Nate and I came over to the US in March of 2020, ironically on a dream as well. March 10th was circled in the dream. I don't know if I've told you this. Mm -mm. March 10th was circled in the dream in a big red marker. And then every date thereafter was crossed off in a big black X. And so we knew we have to go to America on March 10th. We thought we were coming over for three months while we were waiting for our visas. We leave on March 10th and we're the last flight out of Australia for two years. March 11th, the flights, the same flight we're on was turned back mid-air, in the middle of the air, turned back to Australia, and then March 12th, our borders shut down. They were It was no one in, no one out, not even Australian oh. citizens like us. So we were literally stuck here in America for two years, um, but that was all, you know, God's plan and everything. But anyway, fast forward to September. Yeah, I just want to yeah. point out right now, let's just yeah. make a real obvious uh, statement here. I want everybody to see that how much God uses dreams. Oh yeah. To that was a warning. That was a March 10th, not a single day after March 10th. Mm-mm. So I want everybody to understand. Like mm-hmm. I, I hear people say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's probably the pizza I ate last night. Nope. Nope. God doesn't give us yeah. pizza dreams. These dreams are so important because God is so good and he's so kind. He doesn't want to catch us unaware. He doesn't want the enemy to have a sneak attack. Right. He's telling us. Mm-hmm. He's showing us the plan. And that's what today is all about. So keep going. I want you to share about this conversation you had. With so this I'm sharing the conversation with a friend in Reading. And we're just talking about everything with COVID and everything that's been going on. And by the way, that dream was constantly giving me courage to speak throughout the year. I was okay. constantly speaking up saying, hey, this isn't this isn't normal. This isn't right. Shutting down our churches in the midst of all of this is demonic. Like I could see it because of that dream. And anyway, I'm sharing it with a friend. Unbeknownst to me, this friend was raised on a cattle farm, on a beef cattle farm, mind you. And I'm telling him the dream and his jaw drops. He goes, Christy, are you aware that I was raised on a cattle farm on a beef farm? We raised cattle to be slaughtered for beef. And I said, no, I had no idea. And He begins to tell me, he goes, God gave you that dream. Everything you described in that dream, the way you reacted is exactly how a crazy cow reacts. He said, we would call them crazy cows because when we were herding them to get them into the single corral line to be led to the slaughter, we would have like hundreds and hundreds of cows and we would have to bring them into a smaller 
smaller and smaller fields kind of thing wow. and we would eventually lead them into that single line he goes our job as we were herding them was to constantly look for the one crazy cow that knew and recognized they were being led to the slaughter because that one crazy cow would begin stomping their hooves like crazy they would begin mooing like crazy and they would jump onto the backs of the other cows and wake up the rest of the herd he said if they woke up two or three all we had to do was get rid of those two or three remove them from the herd he said but if four or five got woken up he goes we were done we had to move out of the way or we would be stampeded and we would be killed he said i actually had a family member who i believe was severely injured in a stampede from one crazy cow so he goes to me god gave you that dream because god's saying to you keep mooing keep being the crazy cow keep waking up the herd how amazing is that wow mm -hmm. i I love this dream. And when you told me this dream, I said, hold on a minute. I just recently heard the West Coast referred to as the cow. Mm -hmm. California, okay. Oregon, Washington, C-O-W. And what's been happening on the West Coast is Jeremiah 9, death has climbed through our windows. Yes. And, you know, I know a lot of people think, oh, that's too bad. That's happening in California. I'm so happy I live in Texas. This would be like somebody running in the bedroom and saying, Jenny, the kitchen's on fire. And me responding, oh, good. I'm glad I'm not in the kitchen. Because guess what? <laughs> that fire isn't going to stay in the kitchen. So true. So the West Coast, you can look at, especially California, we say, as California goes, so goes the nation, so goes the nation, so goes the world. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing, Christy, is we're seeing these women starting a stampede yes. in California. Yeah. They're having meetings. They're pulling uh, families together. There's pastors. There's business people. And they are saying, we're not doing this anymore because they're right in the fire. They can smell the smoke. They're seeing yeah. things in flames. And so I would say that this is a perfect dream, not just for the West Coast, but for people listening that are in the other 47 states. Yep. To say, hold on a minute. Am I to sit here and just wait for this thing to reach my state or am I to get in front of it and uh, stomp my hooves, mm -hmm. <laughs> stomp my feet, start a stampede. And we've yeah. been saying silent, silence isn't safe. That's so true. Silence isn't safe. You know, um, we just did a podcast recently with um, a gal who has parental rights and she's teaching parents how to talk to their kids about the gender ideology. And one of her points is you have to teach your children that safe parents or safe adults never ask you to keep a secret. They never ask you to stay silent. Wow. So I've been thinking about this phrase, silence isn't safe. And so thank you for not being silent. Thank yeah. you for sharing these dreams because, you know, this could cause people to be like, you know, I have all sorts of opinions, but you know what? When I know that there's a watchman on the wall and they're saying, this is what I can see mm -hmm. coming down the pipeline. Thank God for that. You know, um, the, the other dream, do you have any questions about this one? By chance, the dream, dream she just no, told? No, I think that's great. Okay. Yeah. So the third dream that we have not talked a lot about mm -hmm. is the one that you had about at the Washington Mall. You had a dream about Washington, D.C. and the women right. gathering. Would you share about that? So I had this dream in October of 2020 and I was pregnant with my daughter Ava at the time 
whose name is Ava Ariel, which means voice of the lion. <laughs> um, so I find that really interesting given everything in the dream. But I have this dream. We came out there for Sean Foyt's. Um, he had like a worship gathering and you were there, right, Jenny? Yes, I was. You to be there on the same mall at the exact same time, which I just find amazing. Um, so I'm standing in the dream. I'm standing on the Washington Mall on a stage and Lou Engel is standing to my right, Papa Lou, standing to my right, never met him before, loved and adored Lou for many, many years. Um, in fact, all of his books and everything have been so instrumental to us. So, you know, I had no idea who he was. I mean, sorry, personally, never met him personally up until that moment. But in the dream, I'm standing next to him and he's holding a microphone and he says to me, prophesy Christy. Now, the interesting thing is, is we were standing on the stage in front of a million women wow. in the dream. I had no idea about Lou's vision about a million women on the Washington Mall. No idea whatsoever. I knew in the dream and I literally wrote it into my journal. There was a million women in front of me. And so Lou hands the microphone to me and says, prophesy, Christy. As I go to prophesy, I'm about to open my mouth and suddenly Ursula from Ariel the Little Mermaid appears right next to me. And she kind of like just morphs there and appears and snatches the microphone out of my hands and says, that's fine. Now, what's interesting is, is Ursula's name means she bear. And you think about the mama bear movement, it's almost like the opposite of the mama bear movement oh. and how she's trying to take the voices of the women. And Ariel, um, her name means voice of the lion, lion of God. And I was pregnant with the voice of the lion, Ava. So she takes my microphone from me, says that's mine, and I immediately shrink back. Now, the thing about the prophetic is it's kind of like it's our kryptonite, Jezebel, and that's who she represented in the dream, Ursula was Jezebel. Jezebel is like a kryptonite and will kind of create a weakness and make us want to hide, and that's what I wanted to do in the dream. I wanted to hide, I wanted to retreat, and I did. I pulled back, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to fight. When suddenly it was like this roar began to rumble in my tummy, like where my spirit is. And it began to rumble in my tummy until it literally came out of me, this mighty lion's roar. And I grabbed the microphone back off her, snatched it off her. She disappeared, completely disappeared. And I didn't speak through the microphone. It was the roar of the lion. The roar of the lion literally came out of my voice. And it was this lion's roar. You know, when, um, we were at the zoo recently and we heard one roar and it rumbles everything all around you. It was literally like that. This rumble came out. And as it rumbled out, the crowd then roared back at us. <laughs> It literally, this lion's roar, and it was through every single voice of every woman roared back at us, and it was like this multiplied roar. It was deafening. It absolutely was deafening, and it created like this sound wave, and the sound wave hit us, and my hair flew back. And as it hit us, it went behind us to the Supreme Court, hit the Supreme Court, and a gargoyle was sitting on top of the Supreme Court in the dream and fell to the ground and smashed into a million smithereens. I believe that's speaking not only of Roe v. Wade, but also over the demonic principalities, over government, over everything that's sitting in Washington, D.C. right now, the demonic principalities that we're waging war against. And as uh -huh. this line roar came out of me and it hit the women and they roared back, it literally smashed that demonic principality into smithereens. Wow. So what's interesting is that night, Lou searched me out in the crowd because of a word that I released about Esther. 
And he came up to me and he's like, I needed to meet you because you've released this word about Esther. And I'm sitting there going, you have no idea the dream I just had last night. This is so weird. And then he proceeds to get up on the stage, Jenny, and shares about his vision of the million women on the mall. My jaw went. <laughs> yeah. So wow. you were there too. Mine did too because mm-hmm. the Lord had told me a million women prior to that and I had no idea that Lou was carrying that until a friend told me. Then I was there and it was – yeah, I was kind of blacking out at that point. <laughs> right. Like, oh my gosh. Going, did you hear that? And I'm not a person that wants a microphone. I know the warfare that comes with a microphone. I'm like typically very quiet, apart from when it comes to the enemy, I'll roar at him. But I just, you know, and I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> so very amazing. Go. So can you encourage I mean, whether you want to prophesy right now, but what is a message you want to speak to the women listening right now? Because some of them are in their cars driving. Some of them are getting ready for the day. Some of them are cooking. Some are, you know, just watching, sitting and watching us. And they are deciding right now whether they want to be a part of the roar. They, they, they're deciding. They're, they're wondering, is that going to be convenient? I wonder what date that is. I wonder how much it's going to cost, you know. Um, and some women are going, I'm in. I mean, I don't know when this is happening. I don't care. I am there. But could you just right now, um, what is God's heart for these women? And could you just um, prophesy and encourage these women in the Lord? As you were speaking before, I actually picked up in the spirit that many of the women that are listening right now have a spirit of intimidation sitting over them. They're like, how could I be a voice? Like, that's great for you, Christy. That's great for you, Jenny. That's great for you, Shauna. But like, what about me? I don't have that kind of influence. I don't have influence. I don't have a voice. You know, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And I I felt to break that off you right now, first and foremost. And so I just want to pray of you. And um, if you're driving, pull over for a second or pause it until you can actually listen because I want you to put your hands out and receive. There is something prophetic about actually receiving what the Lord is releasing over you. So I want to pray over you first and foremost. I break in the name of Jesus, the spirit of intimidation that has been resting upon your heart and your voice. I break it off like a muzzle being torn off your mouth in the name of Jesus. Intimidation, you are broken from the daughters of God in Jesus' name. And I release in its place the voice of the lion coming upon your voice, the voice of the lion resting in side of you. And I believe many of you are even going to feel the fire resting upon you right now. I can feel it upon me and I release it upon you. The fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the voice of the Lion of God being released upon your voice to roar in this hour. I break off every lie that's telling you you have no influence. You have influence, daughter. It's time to step out into that influence in the name of Jesus. And I see the mantle of Esther like a scepter coming into your hands in this moment. I see the mantle of Esther coming into your hands and you're going to put that scepter out to the king and he's going to say, whatever you ask for, I will give you. Whatever you ask for, daughter, in this hour, whatever you ask for in prayer, I'm giving it to you in this hour in the mighty name of Jesus. I see that scepter, receive it right now. I want you to say, I receive it, Jesus. I receive it. I receive what you're giving me. I receive your courage, Holy Spirit. I receive the mantle of Esther resting upon me. I receive the mantle of Deborah, whose courage is resting upon me as well. That I am a voice of the lion of the tribe of Judah for this hour, and I am going to roar in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 That was so powerful. 
we're going to hear testimonies of women that have suddenly come into their voice. Come on. You know, we meet women who want to be brave. Mm -hmm. I don't meet women who say, I really want to be a coward. No. You know, but we want to be brave. We want to be brave for our children. We want to just be brave in general. We want to be known as a person with courage. But what I've found is that oftentimes they are trapped behind that. And that I felt that, 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 that broke that muzzle off of their voices. And Christy, I know that you've been with us on um, some of the freedom tour. And so I want to mention that right now that we have cities coming up Mm -hmm. in January. We have probably the largest gathering that we'll have prior to Washington, D.C. I want to make everybody well known about that because people are saying, Jenny, when's the next Her Voice? And I know they're thinking about Portland because that's where we've done these mega gatherings. But I, I'm I'm going to say it again. It is come in a city near you. We decided instead of doing one national location to go out to five locations. And so the next location that we have is in Houston, Texas. It will hold 3,400. That will be massive radical meeting of roaring lions. And here's what we do at these freedom tours is we help women by the power of God to uproot the unresolved trauma, the unresolved wounds, the unforgiveness, all the, all just the stuff. It's life. It happens to all of us. But a lot of women don't know how to get free from the obstacle that's holding them down and suffocating them. And then they're going to get their voice back in this all in one meeting. This is all going to happen. And then they're going to be set in motion for reformation to join the movement, to, to come and be one of those lions with us at the national mall. And it won't just be a day. I believe that there's a full decade of explosive transformation. That's what I'm hearing the Lord say. And a decade after Washington, DC, we're going to see a decade. And I believe that the billion soul harvest is right here. So that's going to be incredible. And then the other place that we're going, very excited about this, is Los Angeles. We'll be there February 9th and 10th. We'll be at Angeles Temple, which is where Amy Semple McPherson came, the fearless McPherson. (laughs) She came to a fairground in Hollywood and said, okay, God. And he said, build build a church. She didn't have any money. She raised $5,000. She asked the contractor, hey, what will this get me? He said, ma'am, that's only going to dig a hole. (laughs) And God said, dig a hole and I'll fill it. The gypsies came through town and she built it on a widow's might. I mean, coin by coin. And now there's this, it's 2,800-ish seats, three tiers. It's absolutely gorgeous. It has the red carpet that she wanted to stay in place for the blood of Jesus. And there's so many miracles. I mean, recorded miracles in that place. And so we're going to be there. That's huge. That's the 9th and 10th of February. Then we'll be in Naples in March, March 8th and 9th. And I know that you and Nate are going to be at some of these locations and you'll get to minister. And I just want to thank you so much for being here today. Is there any last bit of whatever you might be sensing or feeling for everybody today? I just feel like this is an invitation Um, And everyone listening right now, this is an invitation for you to step into and an invitation requires a response. You know, you can't just get an invitation and then not respond. You need to respond. It's like an RSVP. Okay, God, I'm going to respond. And what does that look like? Well, I believe it means 
you know, connecting in with the prayer hubs and prayer hives and beginning to pray over your homes, your cities and your nations, praying, fasting and standing and doing whatever you can do to get to one of these locations. And if not, then set on your calendar for October of next year. I don't believe we've got a set date yet. Is that right, Jenny? That's true. Not yet. Not yet, but it's coming. Um, but setting that in your calendars and saying, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do everything I can to be there because I'm going to pray. I believe God is going to use me, little me and my voice, and he's going to use me and I'm going to watch him move through my life and I'm going to respond. I'm going to say yes. So I believe it's an invitation to say yes right now. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on. Today has been amazing. And I believe that every person listening really, truly needs to share this with at least 10 people. And I'm sure that we can think of more than that based on the dreams that you shared. If somebody is saying, hey, God has shown us what's ahead, mm-hmm. who would not want to know that? Right. Who would not want to know what we've heard today from the Lord. This isn't from Christy. This is from Mm -hmm. the Lord. This is from the one who sees it all, knows the beginning from the end, knows every bit of it. And we have a heads up and we can see what God is seeing. We are not required by God to just live blind and just get snuck up upon. I believe that we need to, out of a stewardship for caring for people, that we need to share this episode with as many people as we know. So I'm going to tell people to start firing this through text. Just push that share button, share it on your social media, share it through text messages, share it through email in whatever way that you can make sure that people hear this. So Christy, thank you so much for being here today. You're always a blessing and we'll have to have you back super soon, my friend. Thanks again. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everybody. So you heard it. You're going to share this with as many people as you know. I'm so serious because the more of us that understand that silence isn't safe and we need to cause a stampede. That's what has to happen because none of us want to be led to slaughter. And I know that sounds super severe, but I'm saying it in the way that God is saying it. God gives us these types of dreams because we don't know what's happening, right? We we're doing our best to understand, but who can understand these days? They are, they're absolutely crazy, but God knows God is not confused. God is not surprised. And so he gives people dreams like Christy to give us a heads up on what's coming, but also what's coming if we don't pray. But what if we do pray? This thing's going to pass over and we're not going to see it take root and we will not live out the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name. So make sure that you start your prayer hub. If you haven't started it, you can even start a prayer hive. I know people that do both. If you go to hervoicemovement.com, then you'll be able to start a prayer hub. You'll get popped right into our app, which is called Involved. And then you will get involved and you'll start your prayer hub. I have my prayer hub tomorrow night. It's always fire. It's amazing. We have our kids come in. We have about eight adults that come. We try not to make it more than 10. We ask you to keep it to 10 and under, but we have adults there. Our kids are there at the coffee table. They're coloring on the coloring sheets that we provide every single month. And our kids are learning to pray. And that's what makes me happy is that we're training them up in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Because it won't be long, Shauna, before your grandkids are ruling and leaving and my grandkids are ruling and leaving. So we have to pour into these precious people. You know, the enemy goes after kids when he wants to deconstruct a nation. And so it's our um, obligation. It's our spiritual obligation 
to teach, to pray ourselves and to yeah. teach the young ones to pray. So start a prayer hub today. You won't regret it. You'll have so much fun. We're asking you to do it one hour, once a month or more often if you want to. And that's the end of today. Please share this episode. This has been so awesome. And we'll see you next time.